trapped by your traditions. Write that down. We have been doing a series of teaching for the last several weeks. I think this is part number six. I am in no way, form, or fashion trying to speed through this teaching. Again, I am led by Holy Spirit. The teachings that I deliver to you, they are given to me by Holy Spirit. And this particular teaching uh, has been somewhat the reason why a lot of people have not been able to advance in the kingdom because they have been trapped by the traditions of man. And we've been talking about that for some time, and I want to continue on that subject. Last week, we left off at the place, and I want to get back to that place uh, where Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, but what I mean by being trapped by your traditions, we're talking about individuals who have been hindered from living in the freedom whereby Christ has set them free because of the doctrines of men. Someone say doctrines of men. So we're talking about teachings that have been promulgated or uh, dispersed, if you will, by men that are not of God, or we're talking about man's rules and regulations, things that man has imposed upon believers that's beyond the Word of God. Even those who are trying to bind us, Sister Hill, by a covenant that we were not even born under. (laughs) Yeah, see, see, so as we get into this, you can see why the Lord is not in any way, form, or fashion, trying to speed through this. And as a result, Brother Damien, of those doctrines handed to us by man, many, ooh, watch this, many have been confined, or many have been ruined, Minister K, by rules. Ooh. Many have been ruined do you hear me? By rules. What do you mean? Those things imposed on us by man that's not of God. Now, our text is found. I just want to read one verse. And at your leisure, I admonish you to go back and study this. Study to show yourselves approved unto God. Mark 7, our text or our foundation of Scripture for this is found in Mark 7, actually verses 1 through 13. But I want to read just Verse 13. Now you have to remember, and I said this in weeks past, that Mark delivers the importance of God's moral standards over man's tradition. So this is one of the things that Mark is doing. He is delivering the importance of God's moral standards over man's tradition or God's truth's daughter over the tradition of men. And he's setting the stage. Listen to me now. He is setting the stage for the culture of the church that will live in the truth that Jesus has fulfilled the law. So when you study the book of Mark, that's the genesis of his message. He is setting the stage. Someone say setting the stage for the culture of the church that will live in the truth or the reality that Jesus 
has fulfilled the law. Now, if Jesus has fulfilled the law in all of its demands, there's no need for you and I to be trying to fulfill something that has already been fulfilled or filled to the full. As a matter of fact, we were not even born under that covenant. Stay with me. Hear the whole conclusion of the matter because it does have relevance. Are you here? But Mark 7, verse 13, look at this. This is where we get our subject matter. Making the word of God of no effect through your, you get it? Your tradition, which you have handed down and many such things you do. Now, one of the things, now notice around verse 9 of this chapter, and I don't want to go there, but remember Jesus called these Pharisees hypocrites. Now, notice they were trying to rebuke Jesus, if you will, because his disciples did not wash their hands like they did, which was a system that they imposed on man. It was and it, not washing in the sense of cleaning them, but there was, it was a ritual. It was a process that they had to do in order to appear to be righteous. Then uh, they imposed another law upon man that if you declare Corbin, which means they give to God, then you do not have to honor thy mother and father. There was a young man who declared Corbin. And if, even though under the law of Moses, Jesus was telling them, listen, under the law of Moses, you are to honor your father and mother. In other words, there was a responsibility uh, among for the, the son or the children to not just honor in the sense of obeying, but there also was a responsibility to assist them financially. So there was some type of confrontation that happened between this young man and parents where he declared Corbin. And once he declared Corbin, then the Pharisees, they had, to, they, they had to receive it or accept it. But, of course, they were not doing the noble thing with it. But by him declaring Corbin, he was denying or laying aside the commandment of God, which was to honor your father and mother. See, again, man imposing a tradition. And even today, we uh, notice that tradition, it means to things handed down. Even in the face of truth, people will still gravitate towards what man says opposed to the truth of God's word. And that's why Jesus called them hypocrites because, no, the law says honor your mother and father. But you said if he declares Corbin, he doesn't have to honor the word. So we can see through this verse just how astringent or constrictive man's tradition, someone say man's tradition, can have on people. Now, just give me a moment because this is a lot of information and I don't want to just give you new information every week without doing some type of review. Amen. Because I, we can see based upon this text that the tradition of man has a stronghold on people to such a degree that people will believe man above God. Notice how strong that is. I know God said this, but my pastor said. Well, if what your pastor said is out of line with the word of God, your 
pastor, no matter how much you love him, and you should, but your pastor is wrong. If your pastor is teaching things other than what the word of God said. So for the sake of continuity, let me just do a brief uh, compendium of what we've established thus far. So let's do a quick review. Someone say review. Now, on last week, we talked about dual, someone say identity. Dual identity. Again, not the old man versus the new man, but the new man struggling with the old covenant. And that's what we have a lot of in the body of Christ today. We have new creations in Christ being bound or, uh, or being told to keep certain rules that Jesus has already satisfied. So there's a struggle with the new man in Christ dealing with the old covenant law. Are you with me? Now, you can write this down. And I said this, but it bears repeating. Trying to justify ourselves before God by means of self-effort or self-righteousness or self-righteous acts by keeping certain elements of the law. It, it, it's, it's, it's all for naught. It's useless when it's been nailed to the cross. So it's useless when you're trying to justify yourself before God by keeping a bunch of rules that go against the word. Are you here? They were nailed to the cross. Let me say something. Because uh, Galatians 3.13, let's look at this. Amplified, just to show you something. Christ purchased, Galatians 3.13 Amplified, listen to this. Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming what? A curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone who hangs crucified on the tree or the cross. Now, again, you got to remember the context. Paul was talking to Jewish Christians who were struggling with what? Dual identity. There was a group of strict adherence in the church of Galatia. They were strict adherence to the law of Moses. So they were vacillating between this new freedom that they were trying to celebrate in Christ and the old way. Okay? So what they were doing, they taught the Gentile Christians who were non-Jews, they were telling the, the, the Gentile Christians that, no, you have to submit to the law of Moses in addition to believing in Christ. See, again, now, that, that new man struggling with the old way. Are you here? So, as a matter of fact, they were so sanctimonious, sanctimonious that they wondered how these Jews, excuse me, how these Gentiles, these non-Jewish people, could even be part of God's kingdom. How can you be part of God's kingdom and you're not doing what we did? <laughs> Just again, then of course we know Paul writes to refute these Judaizers who taught Gentile believers must obey the Jewish law in order to be saved. Now, 
just like today, you had that group of Jewish people. They, they were what we call xenophobic. Some of you probably heard of xenophobia. And that's when you dislike or there is an aversion towards people who are culturally different. So it, it, let me explain it this way. So those of us who are new creations in Christ and we are somewhere being taught the truths of God's word, uh, the, the old church, if you will, a, a lot, not all, you, it's like that old mother or that old father of the church who were uh, beat down with rules and regulations. And we come in again walking in the liberty whereby Christ has set us free. We may have jeans on. We may have hats on. We may have jewelry on. We may have whatever. We may be wearing tattoos. We may be whatever. And, 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 but we love Jesus, but, but, but we're being condemned because we are of a different culture than what they were. And whoever this is for, listen, listen. <laughs> You've been set free in Christ, beloved. And don't you let nobody condemn you for wearing jewelry, for wearing makeup, for having a tat. Or dress in a certain way. And you see that in the church now. There's this sneering, if you will, especially in a lot of the older people. That's been indoctrinated with uh, an incorrect gospel. This performance-based Christianity. Are you here? So Paul begins to proclaim the reality of our liberty in Christ. Now, I said this. Let me show you this real quick. I hadn't intended to go here. Romans 3.20, Amplified. Look at this. And I said this some weeks ago. No, I said it some weeks ago, but I said it last Sunday, and I said, by the way of Holy Spirit, that we're going to begin to see the gospel message taught correctly. And just a few hours later, our bishop, Bishop Clarence C. McClendon, declared almost the same thing, confirmation. And he began to say how we're coming into a season where the gospel, or the truth of the gospel is going to be taught and not with this mixture of law and grace. And I was like, Lord, look at the Lord. So there has, if you are discerning, there's been a shifting in the atmosphere. See, uh, again, there are those who still, for instance, just like with Dr. Dollar, and I heard out of his own mouth, he said, I never told anybody not to tithe. But you have people who are on this tangent now who are still somewhat trying to command you to do it and tell you you are cursed if you don't do it. Listen, God cursed the ground. Tied, but it shouldn't be given out of command or you should not be for. It's given out of honor. It's given out of recognition that Jesus is my source. Jesus is my sustainer. Jesus is my supplier. And not condemn to hell if you miss a week or two or three. And if you really honor God, it's probably not going to be a whole lot of missing is my point. 
because of the honor and recognition. Amen. For no person, I see right now this review may have to pick up next week where that clock is moving mighty fast. For no person, look at this, will be what? Justified, freed of guilt and declared righteous in his sight by what? Trying to do the works of the law. Now, I'm going to explain that again here in a minute. Are you here? Uh, talk about the law of Moses. For through the law, we become what? God, see, the whole purpose was to show us the need or our need of a Savior. And the recognition of sin directs us what? Towards repentance, but proves no remedy for sin. Are you with me? Now, I said this, and you can write this down. I said things that you can expect when you start going against the tradition of man. Things that, no, you can't expect, and it shall be so. There's going to be accusation. We see this throughout all of, a lot of the verses we've been reading, particularly with Jesus and his disciples. So there's going to be accusation. Even what we just read in Galatia, there was accusation. You're not saved because you're not keeping the demands of the law like we did. Yeah, we're born again, but still, we got to do. But see, no, Paul was saying, listen, no. Stand, listen, the law was your tutor until the reality or the substance, talking about Christ came. Once Christ came, you no longer had a need for a schoolmaster. Are you here? There's going to be agitation. So expect turbulence. Are you here? There's going to be dissonance. Now, that dissonance in our verse we just read in Galatians, we see that dissonance. What do you mean? Those conflicting beliefs. There were those who were struggling with the old law and the reality of their freedom in Christ. See, that's dissonance. What? When you're struggling between two opinions. So you have to stay in this word until that new way of thinking or the truth of God's word begin to override that old way of thinking. That's why you have to meditate in this day and night. Are you here? Then there's going to be religious ostracism. There's going to be expulsion, ejection, exclusion. Never mind that. You keep walking in the truth of God's word. And don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage whereby Christ has set you free. But, but see, because you love mama and them and the church so much, you can fall back into those religious performances if you're not prayerful Amen. that go against the word. Well, I don't want to hurt nobody. This has nothing to do with hurting folks' feelings. This has to do with walking in the liberty and the freedom whereby Christ has set you free. <laughs> Then we said much of what has been taught relative to the gospel of Jesus has been a performance-based Christianity. We said because of those denominational strongholds. Listen, I said denominational strongholds. Those rules even 
certain aspects of the law that Jesus satisfied, again, that man in various denominations are trying to bind us by. No, no, no. They're trying to hold us to that. Christ fulfilled it. Are you here? But, but much of what has been taught relative to the gospel has been, relative to the gospel of Jesus, that is, has been a performance-based Christianity. What do you mean? A message of justification based upon the self-righteous acts of men and not that of Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I need to say that again. See, see, it's some in the back that's getting this, this first few rows. You guys can either, uh, uh, I, I implore you to ride or swap places with those in the back. How does how, how that say? Okay, everybody switch. Switch! Okay, okay. They say, all right, we can ride. Y'all can ride? Okay. Now, look, so, again, much of what's been taught relative to the gospel of Jesus has been a performance-based Christianity. What do you mean by that? A message of justification, listen to this, based upon what? The self-righteous acts of men and not that of Jesus. See, if you dress this way, you are holy. If you walk this way, you are holy. And we've made holiness about attire rather than his atonement. Ooh, We made it about attire. Not rather than receiving the substitutionary sacrifice, talking about Jesus who made us at one or one with the Father. And see, and when you try to, and I'm going to say this word again, and when you try to just, we just seen that you, you're not justified by the keeping of the law. Who just, who received that? But, but when you try to make yourself approved to God by works or self-effort, Crystal, see, that's called asceticism. We're going to see this in Colossians. Let's go to Colossians 2, 20 through 23. Someone say asceticism. That is when you try to achieve holiness through rigorous self-neglect, self-denial, and even some self-affliction. Are you here? They try to achieve holiness through self I can't go eat there because they sell alcohol in there. <laughs> well, don't get gas. Uh, you probably don't want to go get groceries. Uh, you, you probably don't. It's probably a whole lot. There's a whole lot that you probably can't do now because there's alcohol in the. See how re- the, the the religious church has. Yeah, they sell cigarettes in there. And see, again, if we study our Bibles, God, it's never our job. To condemn anyone. The word of God said, Holy Spirit will convict the world. I'm saying, my job is to give you the word, and I allow Holy Spirit to do the work. Huh? See, I just do the diagnosis, but he gives the prognosis. He actually does the surgery. He tells you what route or how we're going to perform this thing. I just tell you what you need, but I let him do the work. 
So that's why you've never been condemned here for smoking or drinking or whatever. See, that, that's not my job. Is it? No, my job is to give you the word, and I let Holy Spirit do the. Again, we're trying to, see, and, and that's another problem. We're trying to fix people by outward work. We're trying to change your actions. No, if we get your behavior right, the actions will take care of itself. If we get your thoughts right, your behavior will align accordingly. Let me say it that way. But we're trying to get you right by doing a bunch of outward stuff. And that's, that, that's just, that, that's, that's short-lived because you're trying to do something within your own willpower that you are enabled to do. You can't do it. That's why you feel exasperated and fried out and don't want to do this church stuff anymore because the wrong people have imposed rules upon you and they have ruined a lot of people. And I submit to you, that's why a lot of believers have not recovered from the pandemic because they were burnt out on religion. They were tired. And it felt good to miss a Sunday and not be condemned. It felt good to dress any kind of, see, at home, I'm not being judged. I can watch the Lord in my PJs and not be condemned. So they, they, they were burned out on rule keeping. And I don't want to come back to that. That's why they love watching us online. Now get connected. Are you here? Colossians 2, 20 through 23. Are you here? Let's look at this asceticism. You died with Christ and were made free from the powers that influenced this world. Do you see this? So why do you act as if you still belong to the world? I mean, why do you follow rules like these? Notice, there were those dabbling in mysticism, still trying to keep various sacrifices. Notice in verse 16, y'all already tell them this, don't let nobody judge you regarding what? New moons, Sabbaths, what you eat. Circumcision. Why? Christ is our circumcision. We've seen that. Why are you still trying to keep these things? Verse 21, don't eat this. Don't taste that. Don't touch that. These rules are talking about earthly things that are gone after they are used. They are only human commands and teachings. Notice it says these rules are taken. These rules are talking about earthly things that are only going to be used are going to be gone after they're used. Why? Because they're based on human commands and teachings. Verse 23, these rules may seem to be a wise part of a, what, made-up religion in which people pretend to be almost see their asceticism and punish their bodies. But they, look at this, but they don't help people stop doing the evil the sinful self wants to do. So just by doing these things as an act of, that doesn't help you change. It's short-lived. Let me tell you what verses 21, 23 is saying. It's, this is what it's saying. These verses point out the fertility or the uselessness of asceticism. Again, which is an attempt to achieve holiness by rigorous self-neglect, self-denial, or even self-infliction for some. 
See, here's the thing. Notice verse 23 said they don't stop people from doing that. They don't stop people from doing the evil that the sinful nature want. Why? Because asceticism, beloved, is powerless to restrain sin or bring one to God. In other words, just by doing, going through the motions, minister, that's powerless. Are you here? See, even those who are, are at the extreme end of asceticism, you only serve to gratify flesh. All too often, ascetics, watch this, ascetics seek only to put on a public show of their supposed holiness. See, that's what was taking place in Mark 7, the washing of hands, trying to put on a public show of supposed holiness. Why don't your disciples go through this ritual like we do? See, try, see they were more concerned about how things appear rather than having a heart. That's why I said your mouths. Are you here? Your heart's so far from me. Now, then to, to the Colossians, the discipline that we just read, demanded by the false teachers, listen to this, they seemed good. See, even today, that legalism, legalism it still attracts people today because it seems good. You look at how somebody says, oh, he holy. How, how do you know? Oh, Look at that mother. She, she, I know she holy. And they can have some of the worst attitudes. This is what these verses are saying. Following a long list of religious rules can make a person appear moral. It can make you appear to be moral. But religious rules cannot change a person's heart. Only Holy Spirit can do that. That's why, if you remember, self-control, daughter, is one of the characteristics of the fruit of Holy Spirit. You can't possess self-control without the power, person, and presence of Holy Spirit. Listen, a works-based religion may appear to be righteous and spiritual, but it ultimately fails to accomplish God's purpose. Why? Because it's an outward performance instead of an inward change. See, when, I, when you guys hear me say uh, religion, I'm talking about man trying to justify himself before God by what he does. So it might appear, daughter, to be righteous and, and look, you know, oh. But when you're doing it on your own, it's, it's nothing but an outward show with no inward change. Are you here? Listen to this. Those bound by religion, again, a work-based justification or, or, or a self-effort, they fail to see the real purpose for the law, especially those who are still trying to bind us by the law of Moses. Notice we read last week in Galatians 3.24 that it was our schoolmaster, and we just seen in Romans 3.20, no, 
the law's purpose was to show you the need that it was to show you that you need a savior. Then we talked about the law, still reviewing. Are you here? Now, we said as new creations in Christ, we were not born under the old covenant. What do you mean? The works of the law. The works of the law are the actions performed to fulfill the Mosaic law. Okay? Now, let me show you this. Then we'll look at the various laws again. Romans 6, 14. Who's getting this? See, see, the, the, the reason why this is important, because if you don't know the reality of your freedom in Christ, you can never properly communicate the gospel message in it with clarity and its purity because you are still subjugated. And if, I, and if I don't understand who I am in Christ, you will forever condemn people. You, you will still try to have people to measure up before, you, before they even come to church. You, you, right after you invite, come but don't do. See, now, see, now, see, uh, wear something. Don't wear, Jesus loves you. Now, I know you got them tattoos before Christ, but, but you, you might have to go get them off after you receive them. Come on, cover it up. See? Are you here? Uh, look, look, for, and maybe I, I need to say this for a reason. Under the old covenant, there were people who had idol gods. I used to be under, I was under that before, wasn't I, Crystal? No, I'm saying Chris because, uh, yeah. When I was under old covenant, ah, you don't get a tattoo, you going to hell. Did did I do that? Oh, I, I didn't say yeah, I didn't see you was going to hell part, but I was against the tattoo part, right? But what, uh, uh, under, <laughs> under the old covenant, under the old covenant, uh, people would worship idol gods. And when those gods would die, people would cut themselves and tattoo that God on their bodies. So when God was telling Israel, don't uh, mark yourself or cut yourself, it was in that fashion as in servants are in homage to an idol. So we're not to get them. What he was telling them, if you are serving an idol God and tattoo that, don't you do that. Why? Because I am your God. And besides me, there is no other. Okay? So, so, but, but the word of God tells us, listen to what the prophet said. Look, if what Jesus told Israel said, listen. I have inscribed you in the palm of my hands. Now, listen, I'm not telling you to get a tattoo. But if I'm good enough to be inscribed in the palm of his hands, he's certainly good enough to be inscribed on me. That's just my, now, I'm not telling you to go get, I got Jesus saves over here. 
I got Yeshua HaMashiach over here, Jesus the Messiah. See, they go to accusation. But no, they can't show you in Scripture where you're going to hell for having a tattoo. As a matter of fact, in Revelation, the Scripture tells us that the, 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 the King of Kings and the Lord, Lord, there's a brand on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, and I'm saying this to say if people want to argue and debate one way or the other, well, so does what uh, ta- Lord and Lords, King Kings on my thigh? That means Lord and Lords, Kings of Kings on my thigh. What does that sound like to you? It's about six religious people. Well, hmm. I'm not an exegete, but that doesn't sound. This this is the point, beloved. If you're trying to argue which people can't show you that you're going to hell, forget one. What do these verses mean? Because if we want to take it literal, brand on thigh, that, that sounds like brand on thigh. Whether you want to use imagery or whatever, my point is this. You're not going to hell, beloved, for having a tattoo. That's my point. Who receives that? Now, now, hold on. Let, let, let me clear it up for those still under the law. Am I telling you to go get one? Okay. Okay. All right. But when I was incomplete on various verses and didn't have full clarity and understanding, just because of what was handed down, which I learned a long time ago, you can't go by what was handed down. You better study for yourself. So after Crystal went ahead and got a tattoo, I said, well, since she can get one, she set me free. <laughs> she still, oh, she still, holy, ah, let me get one. <laughs> Whoever that was for. And see, again, those religious mindsets will contort Scripture to keep you bound. I'm not telling you to get one. I'm saying if you have one or plan to get one, you're not going to hell. And don't put some other God on it. Now, if you put some other God on there, then you need to take that up with Jesus. Who got what I'm saying? Now, why are we on that? For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but what? Under grace. Again, we were never under the tutor. Now, again, under law, Moses, you had the ceremonial laws. Someone say ceremonial laws. Okay, again, they focused on how to regain right standing with God. Watch this. Through various sacrifices, uh, circumcisions, festivals, dietary clothing, and that sort of uh, dietary clothing, Passover, Sabbath, all of that. There was justification by doing certain things or keeping those days. Again, even with the Sabbath. The Sabbath, when the Scripture says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, the Sabbath, it wasn't so much about the day as 
It is what was supposed to happen on the Sabbath. And what was supposed to happen on the Sabbath was no work. It was a day of rest. Keeping it holy was not doing anything. Not the day. Are you here? And of course, we've seen that throughout the city. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Okay, then we had the civil or the judicial laws. And these encompass all of the moral laws except for the Ten Commandments and how to deal with various restrictions. Then you had the moral law. Someone say moral law. Now, within the moral law, you had, the, of course, the Ten Commandments. You had how to deal uh, with relationships relative to divorce and sexual behavior. You had um, regulations on justice relative to respect. Uh, now, do we still keep th those moral laws? Absolutely. Don't steal. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. But here's the thing. Not stealing, not murdering, not committing adultery, listen to this now, is insufficient to make us right before the eyes of God. Of course, don't do those things but not doing them is not what makes you holy. Who gets what I'm saying? Don't do them. But just because I don't do them, that's not what makes you holy before God. We're not bound to keep these requirements as a means of justification before God. That's the point. Why? Because they were nailed to the cross. Huh. And I always have to say this. When you teach like this, People, they throw that antinomianism on you, antinomianism. Anti means against, normals meaning law. It, some people think that you're teaching against the law. We're not teaching against the law. We're saying keeping those things is not what makes you justified before God. As a matter of fact, on the cross, Jesus took the punishment we deserved for not keeping it or for our sin. Are you here? As a matter of fact, he didn't deserve to die. But he willingly took our place and experienced death for us. Again, Jesus' death was a substitution. Remember 1 Peter, if we can get that, 1 Peter 18. Remember he said, now look, Jesus was a substitution. The righteous, talking about Jesus, for the unrighteous, talking about you and I. The innocent, him, Jesus, for the guilty, that's us. Christ himself, do you see this? Suffered when he died for you. And with that one death, he paid for your sins. Past, present. And tomorrow. Are you here? He was not guilty, but he died for people who are guilty. And watch this. He did this to bring all of you in his physical form he was killed. Well, to bring all of you to God. He did this to bring us to what? See, this is going to make sense in a minute. He did this to bring us, all of you, to God. In his physical form, he was killed, but he was made alive by the Spirit. Watch this. Our dead guys, 
And see, I, I'm going here because all this is going to lead up to Jesus, the fulfillment of the law. Our legal debt has been paid in full. Say this, my legal debt has been paid in full. So that means the legal requirements that were up under the law to do those things as a means of being justified before God, that debt for me having to do it over and over again, Chelsea, was nailed to the cross. Are you here? It was nailed what? To the cross. John 19, 13. Notice when Jesus declared telestai, he was saying, your debt has been paid in full. Oh, man. As the old adage goes, he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. See, when you try to make yourself right before God by a bunch of religious performances, you're trying to pay or satisfy debt that you don't have the money and never will have the money to pay or the ability to pay. So he paid a debt that he did not owe, and I owed a debt I could not pay. And I've taught this to you, that Greek word testelestai, the Greek word testelestai, it is finished, or, or it's translated, uh, it is finished. Testelestai is translated what? It is finished. It means accomplished, completed perfected. It's an accounting term that means paid in full. 1930. 1930. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Bow on his head. He gave up the spirit. Again, he never died. He it, flesh. You're not, the flesh is not the real you. Oh, you hear? That's a total, whole nother message. But when Jesus' voice announced those words, he was declaring, watch this, the debt owed to his father was wiped away completely and forever. Now understand this now, Jesus wasn't wiping away a debt that he owed the father. Rather, Jesus terminated, eradicated, exterminated, or canceled the debt owed by mankind, which was the sin debt. Are you here? In declaring it is finished, he also completed the fulfillment of all Old Testament prophecies, the fulfilling of the law and the prophets, all of the symbols and foreshadowings of the coming of the Messiah. It was finished. So Jesus took our place judicially. Say, Jesus took my place judicially, being that he, he bore the penalty of our sin and died in our place. Okay? Let's look at this. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. Listen. <laughs> we were not born under that covenant. Paul is talking to those at Colossae. Listen, it was, it, it was a mainly Gentile, non-Jewish uh, church, but there was a large Jewish settlement there. 
But the heresy that plagued that church, again, there were elements of pagan mysticism, Jewish legalism, going back to the sacrifices and keeping various ceremonial rituals. And, and Paul is, is writing to point out or correct these errors, errors while pointing out or demonstrating that believers, listen to this, have everything they need in Jesus. Not keeping a bunch of rules that we're not bound by. Yes. Look at verse 13, 14. You were spiritually dead. Come on, let, let's try, let, let's do this in symphony. Are you ready? You were spiritually dead because of your sins. And because you were not free from the power of your sinful self, but God gave you new life together with Christ. He forgave all your sins because we broke. Now, now, now hold on now. Again, he was talking to them in that day. We never broke these laws because we were not under that covenant. But people still try to bind us by those laws. We never broke those laws. That's what some of you say. I never broke that law. I never, I never did that. That wasn't me. Because we broke God's laws, we owed a debt, a debt that listed all the rules we failed to follow. Okay, Lord, you're so good. Let, let, let me prove that you was not born to that. When you first got saved and you missed it, did you have to kill a goat? Was, was little Tom Tom circumcised according to the culture of the day? See, he, he, wasn't, a little, he wasn't a little bitty baby. They didn't get circumcised when they was in the hospital. They were big enough to realize what was going on. And if you understood the process of doing it, you, 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 wouldn't, you couldn't handle that. You'd be like, Give, numb me up, do, put some, do something, put me out. <laughs> Ladies, are, are, are you told, and uh, not being grotesque, but during that time of the month, are you told, listen, you need to quarantine because you're considered ceremonially unclean. And if you come sit on these pews, anybody else who sit on it, they're going to be considered unclean. So we need you to quarantine for 10 days. <laughs> Has it, not, not, any of you been told that? Uh, we worship anyhow. And dare somebody to tell you to stay at home because it's that time. Okay. <laughs> In other words, God nailed all the accusations against us to the cross. Listen to what I'm about to say, guys. God will never, and you need to write this, you see, because it's, it's going to rub that religious mindset. Notice he nailed all the accusations against us to the cross. That's why you can never be judged for not keeping those things that were nailed to the cross. God will never see believers in Christ as deserving 
the death penalty because of our crimes have already been punished in the physical body of Jesus. I say it again. God would never see believers in Christ as deserving the death penalty because our crimes have already been punished in the physical body of Christ. So when people talk about the wages of sin is death, what, because of what Adam did, the payment was death. Are you here? But the gift of God is eternal life. Christ satisfied what we should have got. Let me show you something. Romans 8, 1, amplified in one more verse, and we, okay, I'm, I'm getting to a good place. Are you here? Guys, because of the information, you have to go back, chew on it, hear it, get it in your spirit. So when someone's saying something erroneous, you have scripture, not just that you can refer to, but it's in you. And you'll go from saying things like, my pastor said to the word of God said. So even when you see certain groups, you have all, you got a lot of groups out here that try to hold you to certain elements of the old covenant. Well, again, as we seen last week, if you bind me to that, then I need to keep all of them. Or if you keep in one set, you need to keep all of them. See? Yeah, yeah, nah, nah, under the old, under the old, come to you, okay. Well, you better be killing doves, boiling pigeons, and all the other demands that were under the law, if that's the case. Are you here? Therefore, there is now, let, let, let me show you something. We just see not guilty, right? We've been cleared of the accusations. Who's seen that? Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. No punishment. Notice, if I get out here, watch this, because I, I want you to understand this clearly. It makes some bad choices, dumb decisions. There's going to be consequences. But I can't say that the consequences is God. No, you made that dumb choice. Are you here? And see, another thing, and, I, and I've talked to you, you have to go back and get the messages. And when you understand the liberty whereby Christ has set you free and you're not under any constraint to keep things that have not, things that have been satisfied by the Father, you will stop declaring that I have to go through to get. See, again, now you are trying to qualify based upon your goodness. Again, you're really making yourself the substitutionary Sacrifice. Why? I got to be persecuted so I can receive the blessing. For what? And Jesus has already satisfied that. 
hold on, would things try to come against you? Absolutely. But let's stop saying, see, again, God is not partial. Why is this man faring well, who's a believer, and this one have to go through something? That means every believer will have to be tormented and go through hell and all this other stuff to go to the next level, as they say, as the next believer. But we know that's not the case. Some people are just products of bad decision-making, poor choices, no seeking of wisdom, and just out here doing what they want to do. But we have to stop this. God got to break. Listen, Jesus' body wasn't broken, and he does not desire that your body be broken. His body was given. That's why he wants us to present our bodies. He's not trying to break your body. So he it, God is not inflicting sickness on you so you can do right. See, now you're trying to be justified by works. Are y'all here? This stuff has been imposed on man, Brother Moore. And people have accepted it. Will you say this? I am not guilty before the Father. Now let's end with these verses. Romans, no, Colossians 1, 21 through 23. Say it with some of you can't even say it. Uh, man, 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 last night I, I said I said the S word. I called somebody stupid. But I'm still holy. Now, I don't call people stupid, but you know, we'll deal, we'll deal with that situation, but I'm still holy. See, holiness is not based upon your righteous acts. We became holy by what Jesus did. Are you here? Say that, I'm not guilty. Why? Because there's no condemnation. To those of us who are in Christ. And see, the, the, the original to the Greek says that there is now no condemnation, period. The New King James inserted, there's, no, there's now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who are according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. That, that's not an original. The original, it says, there is now therefore no condemnation. And the study suggests the reason why that was inserted is because they thought Apostle Paul's message of grace was, it, they thought it, it, it was characterized by too much grace, like it can't be that good. And see, and when you start walking in this truth, you, you, it can't be that good. But he made it that good because it's the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. At one time, you were separated from God. You were his enemies in your minds because the evil you did was against him. But now, 
He has made you his friends again. How did we become friends? Not by works, not by a bunch of rule keeping that goes against the word. We became his friends again. How? By the death Jesus Christ suffered while he was in his body. Do you know what I just read earlier? I said, God would never see believers in Christ as deserving of the death penalty because of the crimes, have, because our crimes have already been punished in the what? Physical body of Jesus. Who remember? I just read that. Look at verse 24, 22. He did this by the death Christ suffered while he was in his body. He did it so that we could, let me tell you why he did this. He did it so that he could present you to himself as a people. You got, see, you got to believe this, sir, ma'am. He did it so he could present you to himself as a people who are holy. See, again, because of what he accomplished in his physical body, you are now presented before him holy. Not by what you did. Blameless. And without anything that would make you guilty before him. Why? Because your life now is here in Christ. And when the Lord looks at you, he looks at you through the eyes of his son. Of his son. So stop letting people condemn you. Because the father sees me holy, blameless, and without guilt before him. But see, again, because notice, Crystal, he's talking to the Colossians. People who were being gripped by the heretics of saying, you have to do this. But notice what he said. He says, and this is what will happen to you. And this will happen if you what? Continue to believe. Verse 23. In the, see, in spite of what others say, Mr. K, you have to continue to believe in the good news. See, that's good news. What? Knowing that even with my flaws and my imperfections and my tattoos and my dress attire, God still sees me, God still sees me holy, blameless, and above reproach. See, Brother Damien, you have to keep believing this. Why? Because there are going to be others who accuse you. There are going to be others who say, that's not the truth. No, that's the gospel. See, now that's good news. You must remain strong and sure in your, which is your agreement with God. God said I'm holy, so I'm holy. God said I'm blameless, so I'm blameless. God said I'm above reproach, so I believe his report and not what man say. Are you here? You must not let anything cause you to give up the hope that became your. Listen to this. When you heard, see, now again, the good news here is in the context of what Christ really accomplished. See, they knew what he was talking about when they said the gospel. Not this 
sometime this watered-down performance-based mess we're hearing. No, he's talking about what really took place and what Jesus satisfied and what that means to you. Are you here? You must not rely on anything that caused you to give up the hope that became yours when you heard the good news. That same good news has been told to everyone on earth, and that's the work that I, Paul, was given. See, that's what we've been given to do, to give the And the good news is my justification before God is not based upon my performance, but his performance, <laughs> which satisfied it once and for all. Oh. Are you here? Guys, listen, it, it seems so good. Listen, you, you can be beat down so long with dogma. And the wrong message that when you hear truth, again, notice the tradition, the tradition of men make the word of God what? Of no effect. It means it lose its potency or authority to be effective in that individual's life. Why? Because I'm believing a lie over the truth. But you can be beat down so long that when you hear truth, you start feeling guilty. You start feeling unworthy. You, you, you don't even feel worthy. Why would the Lord bless me with the car? And, you know, I, I fornicated uh, three weeks ago. I'm not telling you to do that, but uh, receive your forgiveness. Stay in agreement and keep walking it out. He's already forgiven you. Lord, I repent. I thank you. I'm still a righteousness of God. See, you, you won't. I remember years ago, and I'm done. Years ago, see, I was a law preacher because of what was handed down. But I studied, Brother Damien. I started, okay, all right. Yeah, okay, Lord, I see you. That's what, okay, yeah. You curse the ground. You didn't curse us. I don't tell people you ain't cursed. You curse with the curse. The devil is a lie. I'm blessed. And nobody can curse what God has blessed. And you, you might remember this. Okay, style. This is not her this time. But, you know, the praise team, that was an individual who just had a, what y'all call it when you mess up? What y'all call it? Like when you, what's that y'all call it? He know my heart, you know. He know my heart. That's what we say. Lord know my heart. And I was like, sister, you know, she repented. I'm like, Dad, yeah, she, oh, see, y'all trying to figure, oh, okay, was it she? <laughs> First it went from somebody on the praise team, we know whoever it was, it was a she. <laughs> well, it, let me do that. Them. <laughs> they. 
whoever, somebody. But this lady, and I expressed to God, the Lord has forgiven you. Go ahead and sing tomorrow. It, it was like, but, but, but did you hear what I just told you? Yeah, but you've been forgiven. See, the law says you can't get up and sing before your unholy self. <laughs> but I'm presented before God is holy, blameless, and above reproach. He sees me as not guilty. And since he doesn't accuse me, why are you accusing me? Oh, y'all. I heard that. Oh, he's telling people to live any kind of way. That never came out of my mouth. I'm saying that God's grace is sufficient. And see, I have more admonition for somebody who still has a conscience than the ones who are clandestine about their activities. And all up in worship and Holy Ghost. I mean, God bless you still holy. But my point is this. My righteousness before God is not based upon my efforts. But it's based upon what Jesus did. Is there a standard? Absolutely. Should we live any kind of way? Absolutely not. Are you here? But we have... When I say we, the body of Christ has imposed an incomplete, let me say it that way, in a lot of cases, incorrect gospel that's mixed with law and grace. And so people are torn between two opinions and they don't know. And one end they feel I ain't, one end they're guilty, and one end they could. That's, it shouldn't be that way. Why? Because there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Come on, let's get the Lord a hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.